And we're live. Welcome back, everybody, to a new episode of the Wheelie Podcast. I'm your host, Micah Toll, and I'm joined again by Electrek Seth Weintraub. How's it going, Seth? I'm good. And we've got another special guest with us this week. Uh, thank you, Storm Saunders, for joining us. How you doing, Storm? Doing really well. Thanks, guys, for having me. Absolutely. We know it's pretty early out there in California, but we are excited to talk uh, some Saunders news. In addition to some of the other e-bike news we're going to talk later in the podcast, we're going to start off with Saunders because the company has been in the news a lot lately. We uh, just reported on the fact that they launched this new EV credit for their motorcycles, the MetaCycle, which this isn't actually a um, like a federal tax credit like you think of for electric cars. This is something that Saunders created themselves, and they basically were able to offer $2,500 off of their $6,500 uh, Saunders Metacycle electric motorcycle, which I've ridden is an awesome ride. We'll talk about that uh, next. But first, we're going to talk to Storm uh, about this new credit and how they were able to sell a thousand metacycles in a week using this. So what was the impetus here, Storm? Why launch this amazing discount on these bikes all of a sudden? Well, uh, Micah, you know my beginnings, right? It, it was always a mission-based uh, uh, company from day one since the crowdfunding. Remember that amazing price what we offered for e-bikes early on and, you know, the raff I took for it? Uh, you know, I just think part of it is engineering. We're having a a frame, uh, a, a, you know, low pressure casted frame uh, uh, without all these, you know, welds and lines along the ways. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of labor cost savings in, in that aspect. And also, as we have shipped right now, almost 2000 units, right? This um, last quarter and early, uh, you know, this year, um, our volume is going up, so we're we're able to negotiate better pricing and so forth, so forth. Two thousand units, you guys are shipped. Wow, that's incredible. yeah, yeah. It's been it's been white glove delivery. Now, metacycles in every state, every fifty states. Even yesterday, uh, 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 one landed in Hawaii last night, so that was good. Just prior to show, so I got everything covered, so I can nice. right now say and a big thank you letter from the owner. Uh, how, how much we assisted because I don't believe we technically ship there right now. So, and also we went through, uh, you know, all uh, growing pain with all uh, registrations because this is a first product for Saunders, which is homologated and plated and had to deal with bureaucracy in every state since they never heard of Metacycle or Saunders, right? So, so it was, it was a, it was a, it's a fascinating experience, but at the same time, as you said, when you rode it, uh, it's a natural progression of electric bikes. Absolutely. Yeah. And so um, I know that you guys had been uh, planning an IPO. Now it seems like that might be postponed. Is this helpful to be able to sell so many motorcycles quickly and help raise some additional funds? Um, you know, I would I look more at this as uh, the space is still quite uh, open to a lot of uh, competition. And my idea always to be able to sell at scale, which has always been a part of our business plan, is just to grab a larger market share. You know, uh, just take as much as you can right now, because once. Once you get them as once you get people as owner as owners of the metacycle, they're not going away, you know. And there's new new metacycles coming out, uh, you know, in near future. Uh, the line is expanding, so uh, that's always my approach because otherwise we're spending, you know, two thousand dollars on marketing on Facebook ads, you know, to sell it. So yeah, so that that's that's really interesting that you're using uh you know the opportunity to get bikes out there as a marketing tool and I that, that's really cool. I, I didn't think of that and that's that's awesome. But you mentioned there's gonna be more metacycles. Do you mean more models? And if you could maybe you can give us a kind of like a, a hint of what we, we can expect there. Well, these you know, this is a, we're we're going we're developing a couple mid drive models, but they're oh. higher price point. So um, you know we can I'll certainly when once we unveil them or start to drop them down the road. Uh, but Metacycle is still the most like uh, this is going to be like 
a most friendly user case where like pretty much like Michael, like you said, right? You hop on it, you know, maybe 10 seconds later, 15 seconds later, you know, I got it, right? So uh, uh, this is this is one of the kind uh, experience, right? And uh, other ones is, are going to be more like directed to a specific audience. Right. Absolutely. So uh, one of the things that I feel like has been sort of a hallmark of the Metacycle is that it's been largely pitched towards uh, newer riders, maybe not someone who's already been riding for a while or has two or three bikes in their garage, but someone who perhaps even came from electric bicycles and wanted to to upgrade a bit. So mm -hmm. when you've got these um, you know new riders, new customers, how do you ensure that you're um, sort of providing not just the the consumer education, but also the service that that these newer riders that might not understand motorcycles as well and might need more, you know, handholding from a, from a company, especially when you guys, you know, doing both electric bicycles and motorcycles at the same time. How do you how do you deal with all that customer service? Uh, you know, so I, I looked at the data last night. So I think ninety percent right now for Metacycle, any kind of tech supports, be we're able to solve uh, via Zoom or FaceTime. Right. So it's just a troubleshooting, you know, customer didn't push this button or did that. So 10 percent, we uh, we will we fly out to your sometimes fly depends where our technicians are based. Uh, but we go to your house because that's always been, uh, uh, you know, my my experience that, look, if I have a transportation, I hate taking my cars to dealer. Um, and dropping off, getting rental. We're, we're just doing the same business model what Tesla does. We service majority of cases uh, on your property, driveway, garage, wherever wherever you allow us to do it. And you know, worst case scenario, we'll take it back and get you a new one. Right. Okay. And I mean, that must be fairly labor intensive. If you know, on those few times that you do have to send uh, you know a team member out there, do you have the you know, the staff to be able to handle those sort of uh, personal visits? Uh, right now, yes. Uh, as we scale, uh, we will, uh, of course, we're going to have to scale uh, uh, tech support as well. Um, it's it's always fine line. The best thing is that you, you get off the production line perfect product, right? So you don't need to hear about it for the next couple of years or from the owners, right? So, so that's always been a priority. Uh, manufacturing is kind of my real passion. So we're not having, there's, I think, you know, 1500 or 2000 metacycles where we ship right now, it's going to, there's been maybe six cases right now where we had to go actually to your house and see it. Oh, okay. So it's a very small number. Very small. Of actual. Right now, very small. You know, that's the beauty of these, uh, the, this uh, space, right? It's, it's just uh, if you get it right, I mean, it's pretty simple, right? And and if you start complicating and creating things where, then then the direct to business, uh, direct to customer model doesn't work, right? But as long as you do the designs and house engineering and house, and you know all your tech people are brought along the development process, right? So now they already understand. They know there's there's a lot of questions being asked during the development process. So. Um, it, it, I, I think this is get, like the, as, as we progress direct to consumer, the companies which really get, get you know, build from ground up like Saunders does uh, and, and involve tech people, customer service people from early development uh, stages. Um, that's the future where where entire business knows what's going on once the product is launched. Yeah. And Storm, you mentioned Tesla uh, earlier, and I, I see so many uh, kind of parallels between uh uh, Saunders and Tesla, especially early Tesla. I I wonder though how like you know obviously uh, you know supply chain issues slow things down. You can't always you know make the the dates that you said you could make. Tesla has been in the same boat, but Tesla you know they they finally you know delivered their products. You always delivered your products, maybe a little late, um, but always delivered always, uh, you know, impressive products. Everybody loves uh, the things they get. So like, how do you assure people, you know, especially in this climate, you know, the Silicon Valley bank is going under today and all kinds of weird stuff is happening. Supply chain, I think you mentioned uh, prior to the show that there's a lot of uh, supply chain stuff going on in China where everybody's making really cheap e-bikes. How do you convince your uh, customers that, 
you're you know you're going to be around for the long haul you're going to be around for the delivery of your vehicles you know what's what's the thing that they need to know well you know we've been around for eight years so it you know we have some history like you which is forever in the e-bike industry yeah it's kind (laughs) of long time you know um I mean, world is getting interesting. It's it's a interesting place to uh, to be in. What I mean, our space. We 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 were planning to do the IPO, uh, but the environment is just so bad right now. Right? It's mm-hmm. been thirty. Uh, I was told by our bankers, it's been this has been like a uh, worst environment in past thirty years. Right? When it comes to uh, you know, IPOs, they were already impressed that we got as far as we did. So that's not, that's shelved for a while. Um, you know, the way you do it, uh, the way we stay around is that we just try not to overextend ourselves. You know what I mean? So uh, keep, keep the small crew, uh, do not um, overextend. And when you do make sure that you make the adjustments um, and also to be Honest, I mean, I do a lot of things myself on daily basis when it comes to being involved on designs and engineering and production. So I always have a hand a pulse on a company. So um, knowing all the details intimately. So, I, I, you know, the answer to it is uh, we have still an epic product and people are still buying. So as long as that takes place, um, I, I think the biggest mistake we could do is we put out a product, which, which is just a dud, but you know, I haven't done it recently yet, at least. <laughs> no, everybody's really excited about the motorcycle. Yeah. It, I, I don't think we've seen anything quite like it in that space. Um, clearly it's, you know, design is way ahead of everybody else. Um, and, you know, price point obviously is amazing. Um, so like, you know, how do you, how do you ramp up sales? Like talk to me about scaling. How do you, are you getting more factories involved? Are you getting more parts? What's, uh, what's... Scaling is like, I, I believe our production right now is around 60 units a day. So um, in scaling, right now we're scaled, uh, our scale matches our sales, right? So it's, it's, it's well, it's well proportioned. So, um, and as far as like, you know, additional factories and everything. Now it's, it's more efficiency. See, I always look about, you know, how can we redesign something and make something efficient in the same space and with the same headcount, right? So, uh, 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 and also it's interesting when you guys mentioned, uh, you know, how futuristic it is. I I will never forget that when I was at uh, Malibu Kitchen, it's like a two years ago, just launched a first original Metacycle. And, I was standing next to Jay Leno and somebody was riding in a motorcycle and his, and his, he turned to me and he said, I see the future. And that was, I was like, wow, did you really say that? Because this guy is, you know, respected in a automotive space and motors, but it's ice engines. Right. So, and it's like, I was just really impressed about it. So it's always stuck with me. So like people, when people make, cause you know, there's a lot of always negativity when I need to listen, but when somebody says something really, like recognize this, you're like, okay, cool. I'm not the only one, right? Because some early on, uh, when you create a product like a Metacycle, oh my God, I had to guys listen to four prominent factories to tell me that this cannot be built, right? <laughs> Speaking of like, when you say, uh, you know, are you, how, 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 you know, how are you staying in business or what's the future? I need to hear every day that something what I want to do can be done, right? And And this is when we're already, you know, we were doing a pre-sales on Metacycle, right? And it's like, this frame can be done. That's impossible. Can be done. You know what I mean? So, and I think I really, Seth and Micah, also really in this space, what's what's going to be next also for Saunders is that we need to continue to do to make things which people believe can be done, price-wise, design-wise, engineering-wise, you know, to, to, to keep it relevant. Yeah, so uh, we can kind of pivot at this point to um, your bikes, which, you know, kind of you, you changed the world kind of with the $500 uh, fat tire bike. I think maybe you could even say like kind of created the e-bike revolution. Um, I know a lot of people that would never consider an e-bike saw that thing, saw what it could do. And, you know, whether they chose that or maybe something else, 
um, kind of blew up the space. So talk to us about e-bikes. Like, uh, you know, we love the mad mods. Yeah. Um, what, what else is uh, happening in that space? Um, yeah, so I'm going to be launching a whole new meta line uh, for e-bikes probably in the next two months. So we're going to revamp our entire uh, e-bike catalog. So, wow. yeah, uh, because time has come, as you guys know, it's like, um, you know, anytime I go to trade shows, you know what I mean? Like you see our uh, fold frame it's probably one of the most copied frames out there you know so um sure. and and it's like that and I, I i never care about it it's like it you know it just sometimes throws me off i'm in a car and i'm seeing somebody go by it's like that's saunders no that's very close to it but not it <laughs> so uh it's, it's constantly you have to watch that but we're gonna we're gonna uh uh yeah we're gonna introduce all new models and, and frankly, the ones which we have currently are going to become instant classics because uh, it, it, what I, well, I just want to go again, like I kind of take my our own uh, 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 road when it comes to innovation and forward looking product line and e-bikes because everything is starting to look the same, you know, so so uh, we need to start to differentiate and go back to like Seth said, we started early on and everybody copied. So. Uh, I trust that we can do that again. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, it amazes me how many different directions you guys are working in, though that seems to be a hallmark of Saunders in general. You know, you're, you're bringing out this new meta line of e-bikes, you're scaling up production um, and deliveries, it sounds like, of the meta cycle. Uh, I know you mentioned that, you know, you've streamlined the team a little bit, trying not to overextend yourselves. How do you balance all of these things with a smaller team and even more development and even more products? Um, it's, uh, you know, uh, you know what, how I balance that, that a lot of times what I think are like good ideas or direction we should go. Um, I, I let it a little bit simmer and, and instead of pursuing a lot of wrong directions, we, we put all, all our focus in the right direction. So, so, because, because, you know what I mean? Like I, I learned this with like a hard way where, you know, you try to optimize sometimes a lot of things which should not be even, we should not even go there in the first place. Right. So, and that's where companies drain themselves because they, they kind of don't know what their DNA is. So they're looking left, they're looking right, they're looking here, they're looking there. What, you know, in, uh, and, and I try to kind of, the, tune out all that noise, what's going on in this space and, and, you know, what people are chasing. And I'm just constantly bringing back to like, what would be my experience? How would I feel? Because I've been riding a bicycle since I was a kid. I always rode, I was just talking to my girlfriend the other day, how, you know, in Chicago, I used to ride bike to work, right? And my face was red because sometimes it was hot, sometimes it was cold. So you never know, right? So uh, and it's just it's just not following the noise and being really concentrated. And once you define what you really want to pursue, you 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 go all in, right? And everybody knows what they're supposed to do within a team. Um, um, and 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 that's how we try to uh, avoid being overextended in these crazy directions. It looks maybe like a lot of different directions, but it's pretty focused overall. You know what I mean? Like a narrative of the entire story. Right. Certainly. Well, I mean, it sounds very exciting. That new line of e-bikes, I'm definitely uh, on the edge of my seat waiting to see. So um, I hope you guys can stick to that two-month estimate because uh, I'm excited to see what you guys are working on there. Yeah, absolutely. I would, you know, if you guys want to talk about it, we'll, we'll certainly do it once we go live. Absolutely. We'll have to have you back. Um, is there anything else that uh, I didn't hit on, Seth, that you had any other questions? Uh just, just uh, curious about the the three wheeled car that uh, came and yeah. kind of went. That was such a cool product. I, I I wonder what happened. I I you know what? And I was just thinking about it yesterday as well. It's like I really love that product, but the three wheel space. So it was it was tough to get capital for a three wheel space, right? And mm -hmm. and you can think couple companies for it like electromechanic uh three-wheeler uh and then you know what's that arkimoto and then it's just it, there was just there's such a stigma to a three-wheel right. space 
So that, you know, so you would need like a, a such a huge dollar amount to just to convert people into, you know, that know that's, that's not the case. Right. So, right. so, but it, 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 so as I thought that it would evolve and would let become less stigmatized, I, I believe right now it's even more right. So, and then what you do is if you do release and you put the funds in it um, and, and, you know, people are excited with deposit stage, but then suddenly when it's time to actually make the purchase, there's million reasons. And one of them, it's missing one wheel, right? Then you're really, uh, that's, that becomes an uphill battle. But do I love that vehicle? I absolutely do. I think it would have been a phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and you guys did an amazing job with it. I mean, yeah. I, I know like certain angles that kind of looked like a regular vehicle inside and out. It was gorgeous. Um, so, you know, maybe uh, you put put it on the shelf and come back a little bit later and revisit. I hope so. I, yeah. that, would, that would be awesome. I, I That would be really amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Storm. Uh, this has been awesome. Uh, we're so excited for not just your current products, but uh, the hints that you gave on uh, future bikes, the uh, the new um, metacycles with mid drives, and uh, a new lineup of uh, meta bikes, e bikes. So love, even love the name. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Seth. Thank you, Micah. Until next time. Thank you, guys. Take care. Okay. Well, there you have it, straight from the horse's mouth. Uh, So we'll have to follow up on uh, some of those things. We also got some new information there. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll certainly follow up there. But we have many more e-bike related stories to get to this week, um, including a new electric bike from Rad Runner. This is the, uh, or from Rad Power Bikes, rather. This is the Rad Runner 3 Plus that was, uh, excuse me, that was just unveiled uh, about a week and a half ago with an up to 100 mile range. Now that's with a second battery that they're going to be adding as an option. Um, So, you know, out of the box, it's going to have more like a a 50 mile range on pedal assist. But this is the newest high-end Rad Runner. It's part of that plus lines. That means it comes with things that the base model Rad Runner 2 doesn't. Things like the hydraulic brakes, the uh, seven-speed shifter, the suspension, uh, a different colorway, whether that interests you or not. Personally, I kind of like that olive drab on the uh, original Rad Runner, but Same. some people like the the silver gray. So, um, you know, that that could be an upgrade for some. I know the the original Rad Runner Plus had that like espresso colored um, seat and passenger package. I'm not sure if this one does. I don't know if you saw anything about that, Seth. I didn't see any other fancy seat colors here. No, in in fact, when I first saw this thing, it reminded me of a Rad Runner clone because we've seen so many of those. So I was like, oh, oh, wait, this is actually from Rad. Uh, so, uh, yeah, a little bit different with the, you know, in, in frame battery and, and a lot of options. But, you know, the one thing that I think we were all taken aback by was the price. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, Rad launched this thing at $2,500, which would have made it the most expensive Rad bike ever if it hadn't been beat by the or tied by the equally priced rad trike about a month and a half ago. So, I mean, that one, it like, you know, knocked the air out of my lungs when I saw the price because rad has always been, I mean, sort of 1500 was like the price for the longest time uh, at rad. And they even launched the original rad runner at, I believe 1299, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And I actually got one uh, with some kind of discount uh, for my father-in-law for a thousand, like 999 on some, you know, there was like some sale or something. So we're talking two and a half times that price, which is a lot, like kind of pushes this out of a different category into a different category, I would say. Absolutely. And there are a bunch of advancements on this bike. You know, it's got the new semi integrated battery. It's got upgraded brakes, the new uh, dual displays, and it has a lot of functionality, but even so, I don't know if, I mean, I, I think I would go as far to say is I'm not sure 2,500 is even, you know, a good deal here anymore. Now you are getting a lot from Rad. You know, they're the largest company. Um, you know, they're known for if you need support, they're there. They've got not only the largest customer support team, but I think their customer support team is larger than the entire uh, 
employee base of the next largest EVI company in the US. So like, you know, they're there when you when you have an issue and they even, you know, sent out a, a mass email a few weeks ago talking about working on further improving that customer service team. So there's other things to consider besides just the hardware we're looking at. And I know sometimes I'm guilty of just saying like, all right, what's the battery? What's the motor? All right, what's the price? And you got to kind of look at the whole picture. But even in this case, and I love Rad, but even in this case, when I look at the whole picture, $2,500 feels a bit rich for my blood. And, and I think I'm not the only one feeling that way. Yeah. And I, and they're already starting to, I think uh, almost immediately they added a, uh, a passenger seat package with the pegs and the, and the seat and the handlebars uh, for free. Uh, so that's, you know, I think they're probably getting that vibe from like the customer reaction. Um, they're like, okay, maybe we went a little too far on this one. I imagine it'll come down in price either through sales or like a, hey, we, you know, we did something wrong, I guess, um, situation. You know, I do love the update. Like if this was a $1,500 bike, I would, I would recommend it to, you know, everybody I knew. And it's especially weird in that um, they're seeing some competition from, Companies like, uh, I mean, there's a bunch of cheap no-name brands that are putting out stuff like this um, for, you know, the $1,500 price. But um, we're seeing stuff from uh, Electric, uh, which is, you know, way less expensive, similar specs. Um, and, you know, like I get that um, Rad doesn't want to, you know, race to the bottom in terms of, you know, margins and price and stuff. And they don't want to play in that area, but man, it's just, it just doesn't like, it doesn't seem like a rad, you know, deal of a bike anymore. Um, you know, with, with companies like Trek putting out, uh, cargo bikes now, and it seems like they're trying to play in that game, but I don't think they have the components to kind of, you know, join, uh, Trek. I don't know. It just seems like they're in a weird space right now, and um, it doesn't necessarily make financial sense at the moment. Yeah, well, it definitely seems like they're trying to compete in sort of a, a new level here. And it's interesting what you said that, you know, they, it's true. They might be sort of anchoring the price at 2500 That way, when they do offer promotions or offer sales, it you know feels like an even bigger discount when they knock $500 off down the road kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is... It is a bit strange to me. Now, I will say that one of um, you know the other advantages of Rad here is that they just have so many accessories. And in this case, I mean the the Rad Runner Three Plus is basically designed to have so many interesting accessories, from front and rear racks to the new locking center console, where it's not just um, you know like the flip top console before, but now you can actually lock it. Hard side um, pannier cases, so not even just bags, but like lockable Wait. hard storage. We got some updated news here. Breaking news. They lower, already lowered the price to $22.99. Oh, wow. Okay. So <laughs> was it the last bucks. few seconds or last few hours? Are they listening I, to I us? Think, I think since the beginning of the uh, podcast. So uh, uh, we'll, I, I'm sure it was earlier. Somebody in the comments mentioned it. Uh, Truce, Trucy. Um, wow. So it's already lower and they have a uh, built-in seat kit as well. Oh. So uh, they're on the way to making a more equitable bike. Well, man, we should have been harder on them. We could have had this thing down to 1999 by now. <laughs> well, you know, we'll see how it goes. So yeah, it's going in the right direction for sure. I mean, there's the, the Rad Runner line has always been a favorite of mine and you got to give Rad credit for basically like bringing this segment of utility bikes to the forefront. Not that they invented a short wheelbase cargo bike, but they really popularized it. So you got to give credit where credit's due. And this this new price certainly is moving in the right direction. But I I would love to see this at like, you know, $19.99, $20.99, that sort of thing. I feel is like where you're getting more bang for your buck. Yeah, the, the original, or sorry, the 2 plus is is at $199. Was that what it, where it was before? Or did they drop that one too? Um, I mean, originally it was at like $15.99 when it debuted right. or $16.99. So I think for a while it's been up there at about 1999. I don't think this is a reduced price after the new one came, which is surprising. Right. So they already dropped it 200. Um, Rad Runner 2 says 1499 here, but the, oh yeah, the plus is 
199. Okay. All right. Well, that's a little bit better. I mean, it spreads the uh, the uh, price points around a little bit better. Um, so, I guess they're they're moving in the right direction. I want to say, and uh, you know, obviously, this is a great bike. It's fun for um, tons of people, and uh, it's inspired lots of copies. Speaking uh, of, speaking of. Specialized launched its most affordable electric bike yet, the 28-mile-per-hour Globe Hall ST utility bike. Does this look familiar at all? <laughs> so this little bit, is, little this bit. is kind of a Rad Runner-style bike. I know when, when Specialized first announced that they were going to launch this um, sort of lower-priced value e-bike segment under the Globe line, we sort of joked that they were channeling their, their inner Rad Runner here. Um, Specialized is, of course, a much higher end e-bike company or bicycle company that, that went into e-bikes and the the globe hall st here is an interesting combination of sort of lower price parts like you see the um the hub motor there which you don't normally find on a specialized e-bike but with higher end components and design and so this comes in at twenty seven hundred dollars which is you know close to what used to be the rad runner three pluses price now it's a good what four or five hundred bucks higher but it's got some pretty comparable performance. Um, it's a 700 watt motor, so pretty close in terms of power. It's designed as a utility bike, so front and rear racks, a whole ecosystem of accessories. It doesn't come standard with a throttle, but it is an upgrade option. Um, but a lot of the components are actually nicer. So it's got a nicer nine speed micro shift uh, shifter. It's got uh, those nice hydraulic brakes. Uh, though the Rad Runner 3 Plus also has uh, hydraulic brakes. It's got a telescoping seat post, so it's it's got a crazy range of riders from like four foot six to six foot five or something crazy like that. Um, and then it's also, um, I mean, it, it comes from a higher end company, so the the packaging is nicer. You even get a torque wrench as part of the toolkit, so that if you assemble it yourself, you know you're actually torquing the bolts to the right spec instead of the old like, oh, that feels like about ten newton meters right there kind of thing, which kind of speaks to the the type of company that Specialized is. You know, it's not like a, oh, slap it together and ride it around kind of company. Like they care about the torque of every bolt and, and that sort of thing. So to me, it's really neat to see Specialized get into this space where they're competing with some of the more value direct-to-consumer companies, but they're still bringing in the design and the quality of a company that's used to making four or five, $6,000 e-bikes. What do you think of this setup? Uh, I love the look of it. Uh, it looks like a fun bike. Um, it doesn't seem like you can have a rider on the back, or am I wrong on that? So I believe there is a passenger package. Okay. Um, I I don't think we have a picture of it yet. Uh, the bike just launched, I think, yesterday, or, or maybe it was Wednesday. Um, so uh, it just went up on the site, and I think most of the accessories we don't even have pictures of yet because there's a, a pretty wide range of accessories designed for it. So hopefully we'll get an idea of what it would look like with a passenger kit on back soon. I mean, it's a, it's a little bit lower uh, where the, the bar is. So even if there is a passenger kit, I guess they could have like a, you know, six inch raise on the passenger, but it looks like it would be, you know, like a little kid type of passenger, not like an adult passenger, which kind of the rad is, is more tuned for. Um, but I, I love it. Uh, do we know if, uh, Globe bikes will be serviced at the same locations that service regular specialized bikes. Yeah, absolutely. They will. And you actually even have the option when you buy it of either having it sent to you or sent to a local specialized dealer for them to assemble it. And, um, you know, then you'll pick it up from them. That's a big plus. I mean, you know, rad is definitely getting out there with their, um, spaces and their, um, their network of, um, or their, their help desk people, but having actual bike shops um, all around the country uh, is an, another big plus that Specialized can support here. And, you know, I have to say, like, it's a different look. Like, you know, your seat and your pedals and the geometry is pretty much the same, but it's a very unique look with that, you know, the light on the front and the, and the weird uh, veneer thing there. I feel like... I feel like this is enough of a design uh, change that we we probably shouldn't be calling it a, a Rad Runner clone, even though 
you know, same, same kind of customer, same kind of uh, geometry and seating position and, and use case. So good for specialized. I don't know. Uh, you think this will take off? I think so. It's, it's for all the people that really want the nicer bike store experience, but don't want to spend $4,000. I, I see a customer for that, you know, especially with those good parts, torque sensor backed by specialized. It's, I think that's got a, an audience for sure. Yep. And with rad kind of jacking up their prices, it's, it's very tempting. All right. Uh, speaking of prices, Aventon Abound launched as a higher quality, low cost electric cargo bike. So it's big cargo bike time the last few weeks, right? We've seen so many of these. Cargo and trikes, they're everywhere. Yeah. yeah. I mean, anything that carries a lot of weight or, you know, extra stable is is kind of like a booming industry right now in e-bikes. And uh, the Aventon, I guess it's, it's technically Aventon. I've been saying it wrong for years, I think. It's hard to switch now. Um, but the Aventon Abound is their new cargo bike. And there is a lot to like here. First of all, it's got that beautifully welded frame that Aventon is known for. Each of those welds, it's like just, it's almost like they molded it out of clay instead of welding this thing up. Just the the attention to detail in the fabrication is beautiful. From there though, a lot of nice parts, um, great brakes uh, included, uh, nice rack and running boards. Those running boards, by the way, they're held on by three massive bolts. I think they're like seven or eight millimeters, which each one of those by itself could probably support a truck. I mean, it, it took a while for me to even like bolt those suckers on. The thing is so overbuilt. Uh, also, there you're getting a look at their packaging, which is almost entirely plastic free, even down to using basically like paper uh, pulp rope instead of mm. cable ties. So, you know, the company's doing some really cool things. But That's awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, love the to bike see is. That. Yeah, right. Like I love when I open a bike box and it's just not a ton of foam and plastic. Like all of this is 100% recyclable, which is really cool outside of even just a, you know, a very nice bike. But uh, so back to the bike, Um, got too excited by the packaging. Uh, Torque sensor, they've got this really cool uh, cargo like bag thing behind the pedals there. So it unzips and you've got uh, sort of enclosed storage there, which is really nice. Uh, large 720 watt hour battery uh, up to, I think it's 20 miles an hour on this one, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think it goes to 28, which for cargo bikes, it's common to have that lower class two speed limit so that you don't get, you know, out ahead of yourself with a, with a big cargo load behind you. But all in all, just, you know, for $2,200, a very nice, very well-made, you know, high uh, build quality cargo bike that's competing with some of the lower price bikes out there so you know things like uh the rad wagon the uh electric expedition um the blix uh paca i think is their their cargo bike so you know there are a lot of direct to consumer cargo bikes now and i think aventon really did a nice job of of going a, a bit above with the quality oh one thing i forgot to mention and this is really cool is the seat post is a dropper seat post uh not in the oh, wow. conventional button on the handlebar way but there's a lever right under the um under like the front of the saddle. So it looks like you're grabbing yourself, but you, uh, you just like put your hand down there and, and grab the little handle and the seat will go up and down, which for a cargo bike, when, you know, maybe you've got a bunch of cargo or you got kids back there is great. Cause you come to a stop and you just push that little lever and you drop down and you can put your feet on the ground, nice and flat footed. So you're stable and your, your kids or your, all your groceries don't go toppling off the back. So just, you know, a lot of attention to detail here. Yeah. That's a cool little feature. I wonder how much extra that costs if we'll see, be seeing that on more bikes, because I know when you have to wire it all the way to the handlebars, that's a lot of extra work and, and, uh, expense, but if it's actually on the bike seat. Maybe it's a little bit easier to do. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's less to install. Uh, it's certainly a much more economical way to do it. So it was, it was really cool to see that as an inclusion and, you know, it just, it adds to sort of the, the attention to detail and like the thought that went into designing this bike, that it's not just a collection of parts. It's like each piece really contributes something to the the ridership and the, and the ownership experience. Um, so about that 750 watt geared hub motor, is that uh, kind of torquey or is it speedy or how does it feel? So because it's limited to 20 miles an hour, um, it's hard to tell what the top end feels like. You know, some of these tend to, sort of like peter out once you get into like 22, 23, but off the line, it definitely has good power. Now, Aventon has a bit of a more relaxed, uh, 
programming, both to the throttle and pedal assist right off the line. So for that first second or two, the power delivery is really sort of uh, gentle, I would say, you know, it doesn't feel like anemic or anything, but you can feel that they, they take a couple seconds to let you ramp up the power um, as opposed to some of the like, you know, ad motor. I know when you push the throttle on those, like you just start like shooting dirt out the back of the bike. Right. So, um, you know, it's off the line for that first second or two, it's very gentle, but once the bike lets you go full power, it definitely has pickup. That's great. Uh, and, uh, are these in stores now? I've, I've actually seen a Venton in some bike shops. Um, you know, there's a bike shop near me, uh, that when a Pedigo opened, um, they started carrying Aventon bikes. Um, so are these available now or? Yeah, absolutely. So I believe these are already, um, out. If not, they should be soon. This isn't like a a long pre-order situation. Um, but you're absolutely right. And that is an interesting thing because Aventon has, has actually worked quite hard at getting into, um, bicycle shops and bike dealers around the country as opposed to some of the other direct-to-consumer companies that are really focused on just online sales. Venton has uh, dozens and dozens, maybe more than 100 at this point, independent um, dealers and bike shops that, that carry their bikes. So it's something that you can actually go and, and sit on and try out, which is pretty rare in the industry so far. Yep. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, this is kind of a sad story. Amid fire concern, New York City is banning sale of electric bikes without UL-listed batteries, although UL... UL listing is kind of important. So that, that's probably a good thing. Yeah. I mean, this in general, this is certainly a good thing. Um, and New York City is pretty early on here in terms of regulating this in that they just passed a uh, local ordinance that says uh, within six months, you won't be able to sell uh, in like a physical store in New York City, any e-bike that isn't UL listed. And in fact, it's more than just the battery. The entire e-bike has to be uh, UL listed. There's a specific battery UL certification that's a little more, um, you know, focused on the the BMS, the cells, that sort of thing. But New York City went with a more inclusive whole system. So it covers the motor, um, the battery, the uh, wiring, that sort of thing. And so in general, this is certainly a good thing because it's going to cut down on these sort of fly-by-night companies that have these ultra-cheap e-bikes with ultra-cheap batteries um, that have led to in rare occasions, um, electric bike fires caused by these, these cheap batteries. Uh, though I think it is important when we talk about e-bike fires to sort of consider the scope of the issue in that, you know, not trying to create a hysteria here. There are, you know, hundreds of thousands of, of e-bikes, e-scooters and e-mopeds in New York city. And we're talking about, um, you know, uh, single digits to, to low double digit uh, battery fires each year. So certainly a, a small percentage. Um, and a lot of times it's actually not an issue with the bike itself, but when people buy aftermarket chargers or do uh, battery modifications themselves. So there's some danger there as well, but it, it's certainly true that e-bike batteries are a largely unregulated market right now in the U S. And so by adopting these UL listing standards to ensure that there's proper certification and testing of these batteries, as well as the entire e-bike, I have no doubt that this is certainly going to improve the safety in New York city. And I would not be at all surprised if this becomes a model for uh, more cities, potentially state level, and even one day uh, federal regulation over electric bikes. Yeah. So um, I was just going to say like it, it, prevents you from buying on the, on, you know, at a store in New York city, but there's nothing preventing you from like going on AliExpress and buying a bike and having them send it to you. Yeah, absolutely. It's only, um, for like brick and mortar retailers where they can go in and find, um, you know, a company that, that is selling these in their store. Um, and also I, I noticed in the comments that someone's asking for non us folks, what is UL listing? It's a great question. I should have started with that. So, uh, UL is underwriter laboratories and basically, it's a safety certification um, that if you're in Europe, it's kind of like the, uh, I think they're the EN numbers. Um, though I think uh, in many places in Europe, you can use uh, self-certification, whereas in the US, uh, you cannot self-certify. So you can't just say, you know, like we did the tests, our thing is compliant. Um, Underwriter Laboratories actually performs the tests. And there's a, that's sort of its own Pandora's box, because I know that there are different segments of UL that like, I think UL in general is a nonprofit, but it has a for-profit 
component and they make millions of dollars a year from charging high fees for these testings, which can be um, sort of a way to prevent smaller companies from getting into the market. So that's its own thing that one day we can get into. But in general, it's probably a good thing because it, it uh, makes sure that all of these companies have the same safety certification at the same level. All right. Uh, last story, electric bicycle giant Bafang expands into electric motorcycles with powerful new motors. So if you're familiar with Bafang, then you probably know them from uh, electric bicycles. And this is another one, by the way, I've been pronouncing wrong for years and I can't change. It's actually Bafang and I get it right like one out of 10 times. <laughs> um, but anyway, so Bafang, they make e-bike motors and controllers and batteries and basically all the components for electric bicycle drivetrains. But they just opened a sort of uh, sister company called TND that is going to make electric motorcycle components, both the batteries uh, and the motors, and actually the controllers as well. So I think entire powertrains, which is exciting because you know the company has been producing e-bike stuff for like almost twenty years now. I mean, they've got a couple decades of experience, and they're basically like the Chinese equivalent of Bosch. Now, not as high quality, but you know, they're like the alternative that if you don't want to pay for a European powertrain, you pretty much go to Bafang because they've got some of the best stuff coming out of China. And so if they can take all of that experience, all that expertise, and especially their work with higher power electric bike motors, and they can apply that to electric motorcycles, that could usher in a new era of more affordable electric motorcycles for companies that are brave enough to say, all right, we're going to take some, you know, Chinese components. We're not going to rely on the the Bosch motors and that sort of thing. Like, you know, my new scooter, NIU, new, uh, has a, a Bosch hub motor. But if they had gone with the Bafang uh, motorcycle level hub motor, which I don't think exists yet, that certainly could have saved some bucks there. So, you know, we're talking like six, seven kilowatt uh, level components here, not something that Harley Davidson's going to have to worry about, but certainly, you know, bikes like... Um, you know, the Saunders Metacycle, maybe something like that level of commuter motorcycle could potentially make use of these new Bafang uh, or T&D rather electric motorcycle components, which to me is just super exciting for what it can do for pricing in the motorcycle industry. Could you uh, see yourself riding one of these things, Seth? Well, I was just thinking like uh, Storm was saying that he's got some new mid drives coming. There you go. I didn't put the pieces together at the time, but like maybe, uh, I mean, he's been using Bafang for a while, Bafang for a while. So uh, it's uh, maybe that's, we're putting the pieces together. Um, but yeah, I could certainly see uh, uh, Saunders, Metacycle type uh, bikes using it. Um, I love that space between bikes and motorcycles um, where you can go 35 miles per hour, um, not anything too crazy, and you can build a quality bike that know kind of like a bike kind of like a motorcycle doesn't you know legally ambiguous unfortunately but um fun to ride and you're, you're the, the biggest thing for me is like you know bikes are safe um but when cars have to go around you um that creates problems um you know cars get frustrated the bikers feel uncomfortable when you can actually ride with traffic in a you know 35 mile per hour zone um, that creates, you know, but cars aren't frustrated. You're, you're just cruising along like a motorcycle. I feel like that, um, space isn't, we don't, we don't have any legal framework for that yet. And it's something we need to work on. So, you know, maybe if, uh, Bafang, Bafang, uh, you know, can, can build bikes in that space, it'll be more, you know, more likely to get legitimized. So. Absolutely. And, you know, just the more options, the better, because unlike electric bicycles, where there seem to be dozens of manufacturers, there just isn't uh, that type of variety for manufacturers in the motorcycle space. So I'm excited to see what this can do for, for the space and what new options this opens for designers and engineers to build some cool new rides. For sure. All right, let's uh, head into the comments and see what kind of uh, craziness we, we can find. <laughs> um, so... Uh, the IT consultant, uh, we were talking about Saunders. Uh, Saunders is making an uh, Saunders ecosystem, and I think that's uh, been true for a little while now, I guess, with the with the MetaCycle. And, it, like, you, you can't deny that Saunders kind of leads the industry because after the MetaCycle came out, you know, uh, Super 73 and a bunch of other uh, 
you know, companies started announcing their, you know, move from e-bikes to, to motorcycles. So good on them. Uh, Dick Flinghammer. I wonder if that's a real name. Uh, <laughs> question. Will Saunders make the cyber guard for Tesla? Oh, cyber, uh, quad? cyber quad. I think they were trying to say there. Um, I don't think so. I don't think uh, Tesla's really outsourcing that. But uh, certainly Saunders has some expertise there. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I have a Mad Mod Scrambler for 13 months and I want the rear cases in rack, but still not available apparently. Uh, okay, I guess I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Saunders has a way of like promising a lot and delivering most of it. So that might've been one of the things that didn't get delivered. That's true. Oh, and this is something I, I noticed as well. Uh, Saunders is really big at Costco. They've got like some prominent displays and um, lots of bikes selling through there. Uh, 350 watt step through 1599 at Costco. That sounds about right. And you know, that's great that you can just you know, I could go get one right now instead of ordering and, and waiting quite a bit of time. Yep. Uh, have you, have you heard of Tyson? Have you heard about that? Yeah, I was actually just writing it. So I will have a review of that one coming out shortly. I was just oh, testing cool. it. Yeah. Nice. Any, any, uh, hints, any, uh, it's spoilers. It's definitely a step up for hay bike, which is known for like real low cost uh, bikes. It's a an interesting folding bike, and it's got a pretty cool new colorway. So be looking for that review coming. All right, Storm Saunders seems like a cool dude. I agree. Um, so Trucy was the one who told us that they lowered the price down to two ninety nine. Um, let's see, he he re, they lowered. Oh, they called us losers. All right, <laughs> it, and you know, it's funny is like, hey losers, and then he's like. Why did you ban me on my other account? You guys are weird. <laughs> I wonder. Some answers uh, or some yeah. questions answer themselves. Uh, they sent out mass email and admitted they priced it wrong yesterday or the day before. So, uh, so we didn't get that mass email. Uh, yeah, so. I just looked right now, and I am not on their Rad Runner Three Plus email list somehow. I wonder if they gave discounts to the people who. I mean, they couldn't have sent them out that quickly. I wonder if they lowered the price on you know, people who bought one at 35 or sorry, $2,500. Perhaps. Yeah. Huh? Well, that's news to us. All right. Uh, found a gem on AliExpress, no suspension. Yep. That's, you'll get a lot of that. Um, and then we talked about UL listing, uh, and Carl in San Diego came out with that. Uh, Flinghammer again. Uh, we took my buddy's beat up, highly abused three year old Pedigo to the dealer in Boca Raton. I can't believe they fixed the brakes and other damage free. Good dealer. Um, yeah, Pedigos are great. Um, you know, they're, I would say, a little bit pricey uh, for what you get initially, but then you've got the whole dealer network. Uh, that's kind of nice. Um, and, and the cool thing about their dealers too, is they actually work on other brands, e-bikes. If you have an issue, like you could bring in, you know, a rad, for example, and get it serviced at a Pedigo dealer. Not always. It's usually. Oh, not always. Okay. Maybe I've just been to really nice ones. I've actually been yeah. to the Boca one, for example, but all the ones I've seen, they're like really yeah, yeah, chill yeah, about yeah. work on other the, e-bikes. The one near me, uh, was, was only Pedigo for a while, but, uh, once he got, you know, better at bikes, he, he opened it up to everybody. Got it. That's yeah, that's true. They're, they're franchise, so they're kind of you know semi-independent in that way. That right. yeah, okay, interesting. All right, that's all for the comments. Perfect. So uh, thank you guys, everyone that tuned in for this uh, special edition of the Wheelie Podcast. It was great having Storm here, and we're excited to have you guys back two weeks from now when we'll be back with a new episode of the Wheelie Podcast. We'll see you next time, everyone.